I, I isolated myself from people and I'm a social person, you know, I'm back to being that social person, but I, I'm a, I was a real social person and eventually developed a really bad drinking problem. Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or you've lost your gratitude journal once again, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm an intuitive business and health coach. And I'm here to inspire you to choose to wake up with gratitude every single day. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Julie Boyer here. And once again, I have a fellow gratitude addict and passionate gratitude ambassador with me here on the podcast. I've invited Lauren Blanchard Zaleski to be on the podcast today. And She is like my soul sister in gratitude. I'm so incredibly grateful that I found her and that she agreed to do a podcast with me. Lauren is a writer, speaker, passionate champion of all things gratitude, and is a self-diagnosed gratitude addict, hence the name of her blog. Having lived with chronic illness for over 20 years and hitting a very deep rock bottom in 2013, she persevered and found the Facebook group, Attitude of Gratitude with Chronic Pain, and hosts the weekly live broadcast, Gratefully Living the Chronic Life. I'm so incredibly grateful that Lauren has come into my life, and I'm excited to share her with you today. Let's check in. Did you have a listen to the episodes I shared last week? It was a bonus week where I published two episodes. September 21st is World Gratitude Day, so I published a special episode where I share 21 different ways to practice gratitude. Now, I'm not expecting you to practice all 21. I don't practice all 21 of those on a regular basis. But what I'd love for you to get out of that episode is a new way to deepen your personal gratitude practice. And then on Thursday, I shared another bonus episode, the interview I did with Samantha Wagner, where she shares what it was like to experience exercise addiction, how she's gotten through it, and her outlook on life today, which includes gratitude, a passion for movement in a healthy way, and bringing love and light everywhere she goes. Okay, I have a favor to ask of you before we get into the interview with Lauren. Have you been to check out my shop lately? So my story is at wakeupwithgratitude.com and I've added a few fun and exciting things to the shop lately. I've also made it easier to go shopping by reducing the number of items available. So it's really a more streamlined experience for you, especially if you haven't been there before. The two newest things that I've added to the shop are the 2022 Vancouver Island Sunrises calendar. If you follow me on social media, you know that I love taking photos of the sunrise And last year, I published a calendar for the first time. It was very popular. It was shipped around the world. It's actually amazing to me how many different countries this calendar was sent to as a gift. So the Vancouver Island 2022 Sunrises calendar is available for pre-order and orders will be shipping within the next couple of weeks, so in early October. The other thing I added to the shop is if you've seen some of my interviews, you might have seen me wearing a t-shirt that says, gratitude is my jam. And instead of the word jam, it's a cute little pot of raspberry jam. So I've been wanting to share this in my shop for quite some time, but I hadn't gotten around to it or really figured out how to make it work. So through a partnership with Printful, I've got this shirt available. It's unisex sizing from extra small all the way to 5XL. All sizes are the same pricing and then shipping depends on where you are in the world. So I would love for you to share your gratitude on a t-shirt with this exclusive design that is in my store at wakeupwithgratitude.com. One last thing before we go into the episode, don't forget that if you hang around till the end of the episode, I share a secret with you that you've probably not heard anywhere else. Okay, friends. Let's dive into this amazing interview with Lauren Blanchard Zaleski. 
Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I am just bursting with excitement to introduce you to today's guest. And so a huge welcome to Lauren Blanchard Zaleski. Hi, Hi, Julie. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here on your podcast. I love your podcast. I'm a big fan. Oh my gosh. This is, okay. This is so amazing because Lauren is uh, the person, founder behind Gratitude Addict. And she actually reached out to me to connect about her, what she's doing with her group. So let me just tell you a little bit about her. She is the creator of the Attitude of Gratitude with Chronic Pain on Facebook group. And I didn't know this, but she's a Facebook certified community manager. And I can see that in the way that she treats the group. She also has this amazing Gratefully Living the Chronic Life broadcast, which is on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Which you were on. Which I was on, and I will share that story too. And I just, I also want to mention that she is a budding author. Her first book will be out in November of 2021, the five-minute gratitude journal for teen boys. And I'm sure she can share the challenges of that. And her book, (laughs) her personal book, Chronically Grateful, will be uh, live in 2022. Lauren reached out to me to invite me to be on her broadcast. Didn't even realize that I also have struggled with chronic pain for most of my life. Yeah. And just this amazing connection right away. And I... I, though, have not had the chance to hear your story, Lauren. So if you could start by sharing, you know, your story, because obviously there's something behind all of this uh, with chronic pain and this lifestyle of gratitude around it. Yeah. Um, Well, I have I have a pretty solid baseline in gratitude, which I'll just give a spoiler alert. It happened on June 20th, 2013. Um, The way I got there is um, in my early 30s, I had two toddlers, a five-year-old and a three-year-old, and I got sick Um, one day. I thought it was the flu. It lasted for about a week. I just got muscle aches, um, nausea, blurry vision, you know, typical skin hurting, you know, typical flu-like symptoms, and it just didn't go away. Um, So I went to the doctor, and in my I live in a rural area of New Jersey, which, believe it or not, is a fact. There are rural areas of New Jersey um, in the U.S., and um, Lyme disease is very prevalent in my area. So even though I tested negative, they treated me for Lyme disease with a course of antibiotics. Um, Yeah, and they did not work because I do not have Lyme disease, um, which I kind of knew, but, you know, you're at the mercy of your doctor's. So that was in 2001, and I spent the next year going from, like many people with chronic pain do, jumping from doctor to doctor, specialists being told, you know, I was depressed, um, you know, a number of things. Some good doctors, a lot of bad doctors. Eventually went to one um, in New York City who diagnosed me with lupus and fibromyalgia, which I'm saying this in air quotes because to this day, it's it's still kind of a loose uh, diagnosis because they're now thinking it could be MS, but whatever the case. Um, so over the next oh, 14, 15 years, you know, I was a young mom raising these toddlers. I had a lot of help from my, my wonderful husband. My parents were around. Um, and a lot of the times I would be fine, Julie, but a lot of the times I would go through what a lot of people with chronic pain call flares. Um, you may be able to relate to that with your story. Um, and the flares would really knock me on on my butt. You know, I'd be out for down for the count for sometimes weeks, sometimes months. Um, and then I would come back and I'd be able to contribute to society just fine. And during this time, I became like, you know, super active mom. I was homeroom mom, you know, kind of overdoing it, doing things for everybody else. Um, I loved every minute of it, but I, I ran myself ragged became PTA president. Um, And then a stressful period in my life came in 2009. And, um, you know, stress can bring about flares. And even though I can't see a a pattern in my flares, one thing I do know is stress exacerbates it, them. So um, it was a really stressful period. And I went on this flare that lasted for four years. Um, Yeah. So I, I went from this super, you know, super mom, like I know you can relate to yourself, um, super mom to really 
towards the end, Julie, I was really um, alone. I, I isolated myself from people and I'm a social person, you know, I'm back to being that social person, but I, I'm a, I was a real social person and eventually developed a really bad drinking problem. I um, used, you know, medications I was given were not working for me and, um, but booze was until it wasn't. And it became a really big problem for about a year, um, which I did not admit at the time, but so on June 20th, 2013, this baseline for my gratitude, I woke up in a hospital bed at 9 p.m., um, not knowing how I got there. And it turned I drove it turned out I drove in a complete blackout. Um, and I, I didn't go anywhere at that time. I, I wasn't showering. I wasn't eating. And when I say I wasn't showering, I'm talking like I would go a month without showering. Um, it was it was pretty bad. I, I was a really sick girl, about 25 pounds less than I am now. I, I was, you know, boarding around 100 pounds, which is, you know, skeleton basically for me. Um, and so I woke up in this hospital bed surrounded by my my parents and my husband. And to this day, I still do not remember going out. So it was the worst day of my life. However, it was the best day of my life um, because I can look back on that day now, no matter how much pain I'm in, Julie, and always be grateful that I did not kill anybody because I know there isn't a day or a moment that goes by that I don't know that I was spared from that, that I could be in prison. And I did not kill myself. And so um, I was fortunate enough to, uh, my sister found me a rehab up in Connecticut, which um, the rehab is still there, but they have a chronic pain and recovery program, which unfortunately is no longer there. And so I was inpatient stay for 30 days and was taught basically tools to help people deal with chronic pain and illness in um, a lot healthier ways than drinking. Um, and gratitude was one of those things that we worked on mindfulness, um, you know, finding purpose in our lives. I truly at that moment in time thought, you know, I never thought about killing myself, but I did not really want to go on, although I would never do that to my children. I felt like my life as I knew it was over and I had nothing to give back to anybody. Um, I was humiliated. I was embarrassed. I was humbled. Um and so, you know, now I, I am gratefully sober eight years later, very gratefully sober. Um, the scariest part was coming home from rehab and this pain program. And, you know, that's like a bubble, you know. And so coming home and having to work these tools in real life was so scary. Um, so I became involved in a 12-step program for people with chronic pain and illness, chronic pain anonymous um, eventually sat on their board of trustees until very recently. Um, but the biggest thing, start, I started this group that you mentioned, Attitude of Gratitude with Chronic Pain. Um, I wasn't, I've, there's some great groups on Facebook and, and there's such a place for every single one of them. However, I was finding when I was going into a lot of these chronic pain groups that often being the empath that I am, I was often leaving the groups feeling um, depressed because not only did I have my own problems, I was taking on everybody else's problems. And I was also finding people trying to sort of like outpain each other, which sounds ridiculous, but like you could share, I've got lupus and fibromyalgia, right? And somebody else would say, well, I've got, you're lucky because I've got lupus, fibromyalgia and blah, 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 blah. I know it's ridiculous. So I thought I'd create this community um, for people to come as kind of a sanctuary so if they want to escape from the negative stuff um, that goes along with living with chronic pain and illness, they can come 24-7 and we we post, you know, daily gratitude of the day, daily intentions to give us purpose through the day, um, three things you did well today. We've got all sorts of, of posts that go throughout the day and, and it's a non-complaining group. We're not allowed to talk about our conditions, which sounds ridiculous, but I feel that if we don't even mention it and just say, hey, we're all in pain, our pain is all equal. Let's just, where do we go from here? I, I consider it a solution-based group. And so that's the nutshell of how the group got started. And then there's other things that you mentioned as well, but I'm oh. very proud of it. Wow, Lauren, I I did not realize how low you had gotten. Yeah. How that moment of realization about what could have been and what could have happened and how you took that and went in a direction not only to take care of yourself, but then to serve others. 
And in a way, like you said, that solution focus, as opposed to getting stuck in the negativity, in the pain, you know, when you talk about flare ups, um, because of the nature of endometriosis, every month is a flare up. And, uh, you know, when you were saying it's like, when you're in that place, it's like, you can't really be a parent. No, you're just dealing with your own pain. And one thing you mentioned that I think is really important is that it's impossible to understand someone else's pain. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So this attitude of like, all our pain is equal, right? Yes. Because at the end of the day, we'll never know. No, it's subjective. It's and that's, subjective. you know, even when you go to the doctor and they tell you yeah. to rate your pain, I mean, I know there's really no way for them to know, but you know, a lot of people, a lot of people will, will say, I'm at an 11. Okay, we get it. You're in a lot of pain, but it's really not a, a good judge. There is no judge, like you said. Yeah, it's, and it's interesting, like, I now have like reflective pain. I don't know if you have that because if, you know, now that you've changed the way that you deal with your pain and less stress and the alcohol, I mean, alcohol, as we know, of course, inflames us. Inflammatory, so. of course. So like, not, not great for chronic. So do you, you know, I look back now because now I had a full hysterectomy and I look back at pain and I was like, oh my gosh, like I was like a 25 on the pain scale. You right. know, how was I functioning? And do you ever look back at that time and you're like, how did I even function? Or were you even functioning? I do. I mean, I still, I'm still in pain. Um, But I mean, if you look back at when you were like, alcohol, everything, like how did you even function as a parent? The thing is I didn't, I didn't, I really didn't. I thankfully my husband, I mean, sometimes I think back and I'm wondering, do am I really remembering this properly? Because it doesn't seem like me, but it really was. I mean, if I talk to Rob, my husband, he'll be like, yeah, it was. And, you know, they, they were teenagers. So you know, when they were young, I was still functioning, but towards the end, when they were teenagers, I just wasn't, um, at all. And so I'm lucky that, um, they still love me and respect me and, and, um, yeah, I'm going to cry, but they're proud of me. Um, and what I do they're, they're adults now they're 25 and 23, but I, I like to hope that through the, through the mess, I share my message with them and, and give them resilience that they need to take them through their lives. Yeah. I, I second that I look at what you've done for this community. And I look at what you've done, not just for the gratitude community, but for the community of people dealing with chronic pain, which is, you know, for most people, it's a lifelong thing to deal with. And there's one one in six people, one in six people live with chronic pain in the world. That's a lot of people. And the acknowledging that, you know, there's, there are ways to deal with it that are healthier than others. Right. And so you came together, you started this Facebook group. Like you said, it's not a place to come and complain. It's a place to focus on things that are positive and good. And so this leads me to a really interesting conversation that I think I'd really like us to get into is, so how do you avoid toxic positivity? Like how do you avoid this, right? This is the new term we're hearing. Yeah. It's like being happy and positive and grateful, even though the world is crumbling all around you. Like, how do you avoid that kind of attitude or message? That's a great question. I actually just did some writing on it recently because when that term started becoming a buzzword, um, it bugged me a little bit. And I understand what they're saying with toxic positivity because there is such a thing. I'm not denying that there, there isn't such a thing, but I think, um, a lot of the people that are really like you and I that are really into practicing gratitude, spreading that message. I think a lot of people may look at us and say, you know, I, I know I've gotten criticism for the group that I, I'm just telling people they can't talk about their pain, that we're sweeping it under the rug, that we're not focusing it. And that is so absolutely not what we're about at all. We have two live chats every single week where we call it flush the format because you can talk about whatever you want and, and you need to, we need to deal with our pain head on all of our problems, whether it's chronic pain or not, we need to be able to walk through that um, with gratitude. So I think the difference between toxic positivity and gratitude is toxic positivity is just forcing yourself to be happy when you're not and, and, and not dealing with these really major, very real issues where gratitude is, it's a verb, I mean, it's a feeling, but it's also a verb, as you know, it's a practice. It's a life. Gratefulness is, you know, gratitude is a lifestyle is, is gratefulness. And 
And that is practicing gratitude despite the pain, despite the negativity, and choosing to look at the good in life, which there is a lot if your eyes are open to it and you're awake to it. I love that explanation of it. Cause I was just saying, when I heard about it, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, but no, I don't. That's not how I act. I don't pretend like everything. It's like you whitewash. You're not whitewashing that everything is okay. Right. It's that you're looking for the things to be grateful for. And at the same time, things might be falling apart and that's okay too. But the, the action, like you said, the verb of, looking for gratitude, pointing out the little things. And I love, um, one of the things that you have as a prompt is like, what did you, what did you do today? Or like three things you did well today and then you did well today. Right. But sometimes, like you said, it's just taking a shower, right? Which being someone who didn't shower for like a month, right. That's yeah. You probably aren't alone. And sometimes when we do feel really, really crappy, like we just can't even be bothered to take a shower. Right. Right. I remember getting out of the hospital that night yeah. and um, my parents took me to their house before they all, my whole family had tried to figure out what the heck to do with me because I was such a mess. Um, and my mom forcing me to get in the shower and it was the most painful shower. And when I say painful, I'm not necessarily meaning physical. It was just so almost symbolic like this. I just felt so dirty in so many ways after that. Like I just the d- misery and despair is how I describe it. And I, I really can look back on that day with so much gratitude that I, you know, I took that wake up call and woke up with gratitude. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like with gratitude, I've been given like, like a spoiler alert to life, you know, like this, it's a, it's a life hack, but, you know, hack means like the easy way out. Gratitude is not the easy way out. It's actually the harder way. It's the more difficult because as you know, we're wired to the negative, you know, our, our our intuition is to, we could have 10 great things that happened during a day, but we're going to focus on that one person that said something that maybe wasn't very kind to us. That's what we're going to focus on, you know? So the more we practice gratitude, we can actually study show, we can rewire our brain and it gets easier. You know, it doesn't make chronic pain go away, but there are studies that show, in fact, I'm having a doctor on my show next week who, who studies this and, and they are showing that it helps with inflammation, better sleep. You know, all these things, Julie, um, you know, your heart rate, heart, heart issues, diabetes. I mean, it's, it's really, it's real. It's exciting. I've been doing this for quite a while now. It's exciting seeing the scientific stuff now coming, you know, to stuff that we've known for for quite a while. Gratitude is not just some little buzzword that everybody's, you know, focusing on now. It really is a practice and it is free. Yeah. Get it whenever you want. If you decide that's what you want. Yeah. People don't usually come to my group that are newly diagnosed with their conditions. They're not usually saying like, Oh, great. I've got endometriosis. Let me go find a gratitude group. You know, it's generally people that have been sick or injured and we accept people, well, really, we accept all people looking for yeah. gratitude now, but, you know, I'm talking about emotional and or physical illness. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Most people that live with chronic pain have emotional illness as well. But, awesome. you know, usually it's people that have been through the ringer, have tried everything, tried every doctor and are just miserable. And they are just looking for a way to say, now what? All right, I've got this pain. We need to come to acceptance and acceptance doesn't mean you have to like it. It just means you have to accept the now and what is real for today. And now, now what, how can I live happily? Because God willing, I have, you know, a lot more time to go and I'd rather spend it happy than spend it, you know, bitching and moaning about my illness and how wronged I was in this life with the blind turns that have been thrown my way. Yeah. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day. And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep. And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash 
gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude, love, letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude, love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness and of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast You'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you. And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of wake up with gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast. Yeah. All of that, all of that. And I keep thinking about this. Like you said, it's like, you can sit in the, the like, woe is me and this sucks, or you can turn your life around and decide that this is, this is, this is it. And I'm not, and it's not saying you don't have to like give up, but sometimes it's like part of the solution is the gratitude part of that. The way that we rewire our brain is some of the way that our pain may lessen. Yep. Is maybe it opens a door that wasn't open before because we were close to because we were just too much in you know in ourselves and too life isn't fair and this isn't and we're never going to get anywhere and um, it. it's one of the things that I wanted to really talk about with you is uh, gratitude and grief mm-hmm. and I think you and I both say that it, this that gratitude and grief can live in the same house. Yep. So when I say that to you. What does that look like? Because I think for most people, those two words shouldn't even be in the same sentence. (laughs) Kind of like gratitude and teen boys, actually. (laughs) 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 So that was a challenge, but yeah, gratitude and grief, not only do they coexist very deeply, but um, I think they they should coexist because it, it helps us, you know, people living with chronic pain really any struggles, but with chronic pain, you're grieving a lot of losses. You're grieving the loss of a lot of abilities. You're grieving the the life of a, or the loss of a life that perhaps you once had. Maybe it's a career. Maybe a lot of people lose friends and family for many reasons. Um, so there's a lot of losses. Um, and finding grat- gratitude, I think, is, is the most powerful um, treatment so to speak, that I've had in the 20 years of living with chronic illness, because it is something that actually works. It's something we have very little control over anything. You know, control is such a um, an illusion. And it's something the more I tried to control my condition, the less in control I was, the more out of control I was. And then the more I retreated into myself and my own woe is me ways. So um, so to answer your, your question that you know, having gratitude in our lives helps to offset the grief. It helps us to deal with that grief. Um, I lost my best friend last year. She was actually the the co-admin of my, of attitude of gratitude with chronic pain with me. And we were, we were like sisters. I, I joked around, I called her my wife. We were, we were very, very close. And so I had to deal with her grief um, throughout this. And, you know, I, I, was grateful for the gift of her friendship and that I had her. She taught me so many things. There is a way for gratitude and grief to coexist. And it really helps to offset that grief. Um, You know, I I would even argue that grief and being in the woe is me aspect of living with chronic pain are very similar that, you know, we need to grieve. It's a very healthy response. We have to, we have to walk through that just like with our, our, any struggles that we deal with. Um, but, you know, I had a sponsor in my chronic, in my uh, 12-step program once that said, it's okay to have a pity party. Just don't stay there. Don't overstay. You're welcome. Yeah. And, and it's true. You know, we need to eventually get out of that mindset or we're not going to live a life of joy and gratefulness. Yeah. Oh, I read when I, you shared the story of the loss of your friend on your blog and it really touched me. And I, it really touched me because of the way that you found things to be grateful for. And what I think is important that I often will say about gratitude and grief, especially when it comes to loss, is that it's not that we're grateful someone is no longer here with us. That's not that's not realistic. That's not, you know, 
but it's like this understanding that where do I find the gratitude in this very difficult because they're not, we can't bring them back. No. And so that, like you said, it's out of our control off the table. So where do we put the gratitude? And like you said, the time you had together, the friendship you created and you know, that to me is what is, is where gratitude and grief can live in the same house and help us, like you said, feel the emotion. I think what, you know, if you look, I'm just going to kind of like look at a paintbrush as to what we've all been through in the past 18 months, there's grief Oh yeah. of so many things that we have lost. Yep. And many of us have lost friendships communities, you know, just even being social with our friends outside of the house. Yeah. Right. So uh, if it's okay, I'll share a little exercise that I just did uh, that helped me because I was really feeling it uh, over the past few days. So I did an exercise. I pulled my journal out and I started writing. I am truly grateful that I wrote, um, I'm truly grateful that I'm grieving all of these things. And I started with that. And then I just started wow. writing down all the stuff that I'm grieving right now. And at the same time, like, I'm super happy. I love my new house. I love where I like, there's so much I'm grateful for, but I was like, I'm ignoring the fact that these little things I'm grieving. Like I haven't addressed them. Yeah. So I wrote them in my journal. I wrote them all out and I wrote like two or three pages and Lauren, I just, I felt so much better. Just even acknowledging the fact that it's okay to grieve. And I feel like with chronic illness, sometimes you said something about, you know, you're grieving a life that you thought you would have. Right. Right. Nobody ever thinks that they're going to end up living a life with chronic pain. You know, it's, it's certainly not, you know, in your, in your life goals, (laughs) a life with chronic pain, you know, and and I'm using chronic pain, but you can interchange that with really any life struggles, of course. Um, yeah, it, there is a lot of grief. I love that exercise. That's really powerful. That really is such a great idea that, you know, journaling is, is such a a wonderful thing and verbalizing as well, but journaling in particular, giving our, our feelings, turning them into words, sharing these words in one way, shape or form gives them less power over us, you know? So it helps, it really does sharing the, that grief with a, a friend or journaling or, you know, online in a, in a community of people that you trust, that's judgment-free and safe. It really does give our, our struggles less power. Yeah. And I like that you offer that in your group as well, where you have, is it Wednesdays? Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You just can share it, get it off your chest because when we, it does eat at us, you know, figuratively and sometimes literally, um, I was like experiencing pain, like my surgery has not been more than eight weeks, but I had like pain in my abdomen for like three days straight. I was like, okay, I feel like this is a bit of a physical sign that's telling me that I'm not dealing with some grief stuff. So, uh, that's also really important to keep in mind is like, you know, having this, uh, this place where your group can just get stuff off out of their body. Yeah. It almost felt wrong to not offer that because I didn't want people to make the mistake of, of my message being, you know, we're just a bit, we're all rainbows and butterflies, right? You know, we, I wanted to offer an outlet for people if they don't have other outlets where they can share openly and honestly in a, in a safe and judgment-free environment. And to be honest, what's kind of funny is that people come every week, twice a week sometimes. And um, a lot of times they don't, a lot of times it's a lot of laughter and stuff, but it is there and it's open for anybody to do that. It's important. We have to, we have to deal with our struggles in order to walk through them. If we don't deal with them, it can manifest in other ways that are not healthy for us. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you came up with the gratefully living the chronic life broadcast idea. Yeah, well, it was at the start of the pandemic. Um, Amy, my best friend had just passed away. um, And I was, I was kind of her caregiver over the the months leading up to it. So I spent most of my time with her and she was raising her, her five-year-old granddaughter. Um, So it was, it was a loss of a lot, a lot of things, not only her as a person, but this whole life that I had developed. So um, it's something that I'd always wanted to do. I had done sporadic broadcasts here and there, but nothing on a real consistent basis. And um, gosh, I kind of started, it was April, 2020. And um, 
you know, I thought maybe I would have some guests on event, and but I, th- I really truly thought, Julie, that I would run out of guests that I would want to have on because I didn't think, like, I didn't want to just have chronic pain doctors on because anybody can talk about that stuff. I really wanted somebody that shared my message and I just didn't think there were many. How wrong I was, how wrong I was. I very rarely do an episode that's all by myself anymore. Usually there's somebody awesome like you who did it. She did an amazing broadcast with us last week that was super popular, super well-received. Um, and so it, it's really exciting. I love meeting all these new people. We air live on Thursday evenings, um, Eastern Standard Time at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and each week is it's live. It's, you know, I'm kind of a techno mess. So sometimes I'll not accidentally knock myself out of the broadcast, but it is very authentic. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's an interactive broadcast where our live guests can tune in, ask questions, comment, um, their comments can show up on the screen. I, I use a platform that allows that. And it really is, is such an unexpected blessing. And, um, you know, more people watch the recorded version, which stays on, my YouTube channel and on my website, but we do have a really good diehard live folks. And, you know, asking somebody to devote an hour of their time once a week is a big deal, yet they do it. It's pretty awesome. I love it. I was, first of all, so thrilled that you found me and that you asked stalked me. Stalked you. I know you, right? you would get upset I when like, I say no, that, but I, I stalked you. Well, I say I attracted you into my life. So I like my life. Agree. Agree. I attracted you into my life because you found me through the podcast, but you I didn't did. know that I was dealing with chronic pain no. because I, I don't talk about it a lot. I've mentioned it in a few episodes. I'm actually going to record an episode. A friend of mine is going to interview me about my journey with endometriosis. And I also found out I had oh. adenomyosis, which I didn't even, I wasn't even diagnosed with, huh. but after the surgery, they're like, by the way, you also had this condition, which is probably why you were in so much pain. Interesting. So you know what I was thinking of this morning? I was listening to one of your past broadcasts and I completely forgot this, but prior to having my daughter 25 years ago, I had two miscarriages before her and I got some st- um, some tests done and I was told I have something called antiphospholipid antibody syndrome, which is a mouthful. Um, and the doctor said to me at the time, it doesn't mean you have lupus, but people with lupus often have this. Okay. Completely forgetting years later when I was trying to get diagnosed that this was said to me. Um, it was actually, believe it or not, it was resolved by taking a baby aspirin every day throughout my pregnancies. And it's like a clotting thing or something. Okay. But um, yeah, I was thinking about that when you were talking about your miscarriages, because um, I'm like, I forgot that in this whole antiphospholipid thing. Like, it's just very weird. And, but and yeah, I, connected. yeah, yeah, I found your podcast and I... I I'm, I don't go out much because I'm a lot of times writing, working, meditating or whatever, especially during the pandemic. So I don't listen to podcasts a lot, but I was looking for a podcast. I was heading to Costco or something, found yours and it was delightful. And like, I need to stalk this girl. And I'm so glad I did. Cause you're like my gratitude twin. Yes. I know I'm the Canadian, <laughs> I'm the Canadian Lauren and she's the American Julie. And yes, <laughs> we have so much in common and I love it so much because but your broadcast, I just want to mention, because there's a lot of people on my podcast that are either podcasters or want to listen, let listen to a lot of podcasts. But what I love about yours, so you use a, a technology called StreamYard, yes, which I had used before, but I didn't know. So when you broadcast live, where are you live? I am live in several places at once. Um, I'm, I'm live on my website, on YouTube, in the Facebook group, Attitude of Gratitude with Chronic Pain. On my public Facebook group, um, Lauren Zaleski, Gratitude Addict. And then I have a page for the, oh, and my, you know, my personal Facebook page. There's like six different places at once. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And there's all these really cool things you can do and you can do giveaways. Anyway, so Lauren has inspired me. So I don't know where (laughs) I'm going to go with live broadcasting, but, you know, I love it. I love it. It's a great platform. It's really easy. It's, I mean, I kick myself out once in a while, but it really is kind of dummy proof Um, and and fun. I I think the audience really enjoys seeing their comments and questions up on the screen makes, you know, makes the audience feel a part of, which is kind of what I like to make it feel like kind of a town hall atmosphere. So good. So much community. Thanks. Oh, okay. Lauren, we've been through a lot of places, a lot of gratitude, a lot of talk. What I want to hear from you now, just personally is when you think about your day or your week, and this might be a long answer, where does gratitude show up for you? 
Oh gosh. It shows up in, I was going to say it shows up in just about everything because of my work. However, I've caught myself up, you know, even recently I caught myself being so caught up in the work that I do. And I love the work that I do. Like I have found purpose through my pain. I love it. I, I don't feel there are enough hours in the day because I want to do so much more like things you do. I want to do and, <laughs> and all of that. But the, even though my work is so deeply rooted in everything gratitude, I will find myself sometimes forgetting to, you know, really dive deeply into my own practice you know, I can put up posts all day long. I have a wonderful team that helps me at Attitude of Gratitude with Chronic Pain. I've got um, four other women that, you know, they they do a lot of the heavy lifting for me, but I'm still very deeply involved in running the group on a day-to-day basis. And I, I do a lot of writing. I do a good night post every single night, um, you know, intention post every morning. So you would think like I'm doing all these gratitude posts and, and um, you know, there's your gratitude, but that's not necessarily the case. You can, you know, kind of go through go through things without thinking. So when I wake up in the morning, I have stopped watching the news. Recently, I've stopped watching the news and I've recently taken up um, watercolor painting. So I do that first thing in the morning. I'm finding it to be a real, I had an art therapist on the show. Her name's Lacey Mucklow and she did this great coloring book called Color Me Grateful along with many, many other. Yeah, look back on my past broadcast. You'll see her. She's yeah, awesome. Checking that out. Color me grateful. She yes. Awesome. She's got a couple of gratitude coloring books out. Um, and color me happy, color me anxiety, I think, or not. I forget, but she's she's awesome. She's got like six books out. Um, so she talked about you know art and mindfulness and gratitude with the group. So I've I've recently picked that up and I'm incorporating more ways to be mindful in my life. I do meditate every day. In the group, I put something called breath breaks every day, which are short videos, usually five minutes or less that I take from YouTube of short meditation, breathing exercises, um, because you mentioned meditation to a lot of people and they they don't feel they can sit for very long or it feels not doable for somebody that doesn't have a regular practice. So I sometimes they're as short as one to two minutes, but usually five minutes or under so I do my own um, meditation, breathing practices. I have um, I do gratitude journal. I feel, I've done that for a long time, and I feel very strongly about um, journaling. You know, at the chronic pain program, when we were talking about dealing with our struggles, one of the things they had us do is write a letter to our pain, mm-hmm. and then write a letter back after like the end of the four weeks. Write a letter back from our pain back to us. And I was shocked, you know, you're talking about writing things down with your grief and all that made me think of this. I was shocked at the voice that my pain took on. I would have thought it would be this big, bad, ugly monster when in fact it was a very um, empathetic, kind thing that wanted to live peacefully with me. And, you know, this is going back eight years ago before I had all this great practice in my head. Um, So it was interesting, you know, doing, doing, um, little projects like that and to deal with our struggles is really powerful. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention is a couple of years ago, five years ago, actually, on my personal page on Facebook, I did a gratitude um, project, I called it. And every single day for the entire year, I posted one thing I'm grateful for each day. And my rules were I couldn't make it anything of material value. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, and I didn't want to repeat, which I don't think I did. And um, what was the other thing? Yeah, I guess those were the two things. Nothing of material value, not to repeat. So I think I told you this on the broadcast, actually. I think we talked about this. So this was a deeply, deeply profound experience in my life. And I've recently on my website started reposting five years ago today on the Gratitude Project. Because when you are digging deep for things other than your family and clean drinking water and all those wonderful things, when you're digging deep, like... For instance, the other day was, I'm grateful for having choices in my life. You know, when I was drinking, I didn't have many choices. I thought I did, but I did not. Um, uh, Grateful for specific friends, grateful for, you know, the clothes that you're wearing. When you're digging deep for 366 different things that aren't of material value, it's really profound. So um, I'm always trying to mix it up and bring different ways of bringing gratitude into my life. But I've also started... um, kind of putting my notifications on mute 
and dealing with them only a certain amount of times a day, I'm finding that to be really helpful to my personal gratitude and mindfulness for sure. The one thing I want to just grab from what you shared there is that you're, you're always finding new ways and different ways of practicing gratitude. And then there's also things that you do that are like kind of the pillars of your gratitude practice, like your journaling. Yeah. And so that I think is really what encompasses what my message is, is that your gratitude practice will ebb and flow. Yeah. Find your pillars. So my pillars are, I say my morning mantra, thank you for this gift of another day and the opportunity to be of service to others and to make a difference in this world. Yep. That's a a pillar. And I end my day with my gratitude journal because that for me, it's been over a decade that I've been writing every single night with the exception when I was, you know, hospitalized, but uh, that's it. Like it's such, I don't go to bed. I just don't, no matter how tired I am, no matter, I find a way to write. And so, like you said, there's so many beautiful ways that we can practice gratitude and find ones that fit. And if it's not working, just do something else. Yeah. There's so many ways and and they can grow stale after a while, which is what yeah. I find with certain things. Yeah. They can grow stale and you lose your sense of gratefulness because they're stale. So being able to incorporate some of new ideas that you find on your podcast um, and, you know, some things work for other people where it's, it's not a one fit, one size fits all thing oh. gratitude you know you can yeah. take a piece of this take a piece of that um tips that i offer during my broadcast we have yes. a different topic each week um you know and and it's not like i'm telling anybody you need to do all of these things no. it's take a little bit from here take a little bit from there um and find like you said find your your path because you will you will find it and when it stops working for you mix it up Mix i'm definitely up. looking at that coloring book though cuz i did i colored for some time and it was like a practice my daughter and I would do it together. Like we would color it before bed together. We would, you know, we had a book, uh, uh, my friend of mine published a book about self-love and it's like for coloring. And so I was like, yeah, I could get back to that practice yeah. but for whatever reason we stopped doing it. And that's okay. So Lauren, I have loved our time together. I know this has been a bit of a longer one of my episodes, but I really lost track of time in our conversation. So, me too. <laughs> so for those that are still here, we are grateful for you. Lauren, tell me where is the best place for people to connect with you? You can, to streamline it, if you go to gratitudeaddict.com, you can find the links to everything we talked about. The broadcast, the group is Attitude of Gratitude with Chronic Pain. You're welcome to join, even if you do not have chronic pain, if you're looking to put gratitude in your life. But gratitudeaddict.com is probably the best way. My When my book goes on sale November 23rd, you'll be able to find that there as well. But Julie, I can't thank you enough for having me on. It's an honor. I deeply honor you and respect the work that you're doing. I live with you as a sister in service and in gratitude. And it's it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't met until recently. But now that we have, um, I'm grateful to have you to walk through this with. Oh, I receive your love with so much gratitude and just feel like everything happens in perfect and divine timing. And this is the time in both of our lives. And we were meant to, meant to connect and serve this community of beautiful gratitude ambassadors. You know, that's what I, I love calling those that listen to this podcast, because together we're sharing this incredible message of how this daily gratitude practices work can change lives. So thank you so, so much, Lauren. And I'm excited for our next conversation. Me too. Thank you, Julie. Okay, friends, here's another little secret you might not know about me. So I learned to be a off-piste powder skier when I was living and working in Switzerland for a time when I was in my early 30s. So the whole story about how I ended up living overseas is for another time, but the secret I want to share with you is that I became this really amazing skier. So I was teaching French overseas, and a number of those different schools and camps that I worked at, the teaching would happen in the morning, and then there would be skiing in the afternoon. And because I wasn't a ski instructor, I would get to go skiing on my time off with the ski instructors and amazing snowboarders that were not working. So they would take me to places where I'd have to figure out how to do this whole off-piste skiing thing. Now, most times it was really safe and you know we did it under the proper conditions, but I'll share with you a little story that was kind of scary and I'm so grateful, so grateful that I'm still here today because when I look back now, it was super scary. 
So the Swiss are really pretty rule-following people, as you might know. And so when it says that off-piste is dangerous, they won't go out. And I was with a few Canadians who, I guess they thought that, you know, they knew better on the conditions and I followed them. Now, I just want to say we didn't have the proper safety equipment for an avalanche situation. So this could have turned into a terrible, terrible tragedy. We got to the off-piste area that we'd done before, but on this day, you could see snow cornices. Now, when you see the snow kind of curling in a cornice, that's a sign that it's unstable conditions. And as we kind of went along in the edge, we were going to drop in um, to where we were going to ski down this sort of open kind of, not quite a bowl area, but just like an open slope, which again is so dangerous. So it was tree-lined at the top and then an open slope below. And we were on just a section of the cornice and we felt the ground drop from underneath us. So we just heard a whoomp sound. So we knew we had to get out of there ASAP and we started skiing down. And I, as good as I had become, I didn't have the experience to go as fast or you know, to bounce as much as the more experienced ski instructors. So we're going down this hill. It's just us, just the three of us. And the two, the two other instructors get ahead of me and then I fall face first into the snow powder, which doesn't hurt, but they could see that the snow above me was becoming unstable. So they were yelling like, get, well, not yelling. Cause you don't want to yell and cause an avalanche, but they were like, get up, get up. They, you know, their hands were moving like, get up. and I'm trying to get up as quickly as I can. But if you've ever fallen in fresh powder, it's super hard to get up. And then like, I don't know what's going on behind me. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Everybody's good. And, you know, took me probably maybe a minute to get up, maybe a little bit longer. And then I was able to ski and meet them. And then we looked back and we just saw like the snowballs trickling down An avalanche never happened, but I will never forget how scary that time was where I thought that I might get swallowed up by an avalanche. And I will tell you, I was a lot more safe and followed the rules a lot more strictly from that point forward because I definitely did not want to be buried in an avalanche. All right, friends, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening right to the end of the podcast. I hope this episode inspired you to choose to practice gratitude in different ways than you might have before. If you're not already following the podcast on your favorite app, all you have to do is click on the check mark or plus sign under the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast name to make sure that you're alerted of all the new episodes. If you really enjoy this podcast and want others to hear about it, it would mean so much if you could leave a review on your favorite app. Your review can help others to find the podcast and start to join us in choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.